So it's Matsoyi, Shabbos, Vorchen, other Rishon, other Aleph. And um, we are up to the Tzadik Gimel, Ahmed Aleph. And we are learning a number of discussions between Rava and Rabba Bamori. And in fact, this is not the only place in Shas where Rava asks questions of Amari. So obviously, Rabbi Amari was a teacher of Rava. He was from Israel and he came from time to time to Bubble. And we had another place where Rava asked him, How do you know this? How do you know that? There, for example, we had he asked, How do you know that grandchildren have the same status as children? And so on. We don't have too many halachas in Rabbi Amari, I think only one. But um, we explained yesterday um, the arguments between when Rava decided to argue with Rabbi Amari depending where the source came from. But the last thing that Rava asked Rabbi Bamari, Omale Rava, Rava asked Rabbi Bamari, you know, Musa, how do you know the following saying, the Amri Inchi, people say, a person who owns real estate, his fats runs from him. In other words, you should circulate and associate with people who are very successful because some of that success might rub off on you. We actually had other Gemara that you should go with people who are Matzliach because their mazel can also rub off on you. Amalei, he said, it says, he told him, it says, that also light, who happened to follow Avram and escort Avram, had all this cattle and everything. So what do you see from here? Because he was associated with Avram, that's why light is successful in his own right. Amalei said, if somebody is being harassed by somebody else, and he says, Abishta, punish that person. Who you'll be punished first. The person who invokes the, the, the wrath of Hashem gets punished first. But you notice it says he gets punished first, which means that which you invoked will happen to that person, or the Abishta will start looking at the person more carefully to see whether that person deserves to be punished. But you will be punished first for invoking that kind of justice. It says, I'm upset with you. You married Hagar, and I'm sorry to with you that we are made to help out. Even it says, to cry for sorrow. And we have about lines from the saying that if somebody prays to Hashem, Invoke justice on somebody else who's bothering that person, but you will be punished first. We see that Sarah was upset with Avram, and Avram was later, but Sarah was punished. It wasn't even. That's the way 27. The sound's coming and going. I'm not sure if it's my end or your end. I'm not getting anything either. Right, uh-huh. Certainly the other end. Yeah, must be. Yeah. Yeah, the sound's gone totally now. Me. Yeah, no. You don't hear me at all? Now I can. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that's better. I hope that's better. If any issue, please speak up. Um... So, so it seems that Hashem will listen to your prayers, but you will be punished first. But when do we say that? Only in a place where you have no, uh, we have an alternative. Honey, the East Lake did about it. There's a, there's a court that you could have taken that person to Dintaira 
and instead you invoked Hashem's wrath, then Hashem will punish you first. But if there's no Bezdin there, and there's no rabbi, there's no alternative, then that's something else. And you have to pray to Hashem to help out. And in fact, we had another Gemara that anybody who anybody who is punished on account of your prayers, Hashem doesn't want you in an Aiden with him. You consider a Russia. Again, that's only where you had an alternative. You could have gone to a Bezdin, say, Hashem Be'ever, and instead you decided to... to um, you know, to heap upon that person the wrath of Hashem, then you get punished. And um, yeah, the says the Gemara further. That the person who davens to Hashem to punish the other person, woe is to that person because he'll get much worse than that other person because he gets a first. We learned they're both included, but the one who gets punished first is the tzayik, is the one who screams out to Hashem first. So um okay, says the Gemara further. Um, <clears throat> the curse of an ordinary person, don't treat it lightly. Abimelech killed Sara. Abimelech cursed Sarah because in a way he was tricked because he was told that she was single, single, and that she was Abram's sister. It turned out to be she was a married woman. So he cursed him. For that kind of behavior, because he almost, you know, he almost had a relationship with her. The curse was fulfilled by her children. Was the story? It says in Pasik, he said, This should be a cover for your eyes. Uh, he said to her, You concealed to me. You didn't reveal to me that this is your husband. Then you caused all this pain. We learned yesterday that different, you know, all the holes were blocked and all the orifices were locked and so on. And I hope you'll have children that their eyes will be concealed, in other words, they'll be blind. When this kind of it occurred, it says, blind, he couldn't see. So that's what happens. Um, that's what happens. So you should never treat a clull of a person like me. Going back to the previous Gemara. So the the, um, the idea is that, okay, all right. You should be from the harassed and not from the harassers. We have an expression in Gemara, you should be those who are ashamed or people embarrass them rather than be the ones who embarrass others. In other words, if you accept the shame, you don't engage. We had yesterday, if somebody calls you a donkey, you just take a saddle and put it on. Don't engage. And it's much better that way than you should be the one to harass others. And there isn't a bird that's more harassed than a pigeon and a dove. And these are the only birds that are kosher on the Mizbeach. Okay, now we'll go back to the mission. The mission gives us two sets of scenarios. One is you tell somebody, blind me, amputate my arm, amputate my leg. The din is that if that person does it, they're they're liable to pay you for all the damages. If they if they say I'm a nas lifter, I'll do it, uh, do it, and you'll be you'll be exempt from paying me any money. Nevertheless, you have to pay. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two is I tell you rip my clothes apart, rip my clothes apart. You did it. You have to pay me. But if I tell you I'm a nas lifter on the condition that you'll be exonerated, you have to pay me a cent. Then they're put. And we're going to try to understand what is the difference between these two cases. What does it mean if I tell you cause me harm bodily, or I tell you cause me, you know, my my possessions? That if you say here I'm a nasa condition, you're exempt. It works, and here it doesn't. Says the Gemara. 
Why in the ratio, in the case of do me body harm, even though I say you'll be part, it doesn't work. But when it comes to financial loss, it does. He said to him simply, you know why? Ratio, the robber the said, you know why in the ratio doesn't work? We don't believe any person out there in a sound mind is going to say to somebody, amputate my leg. It just doesn't believe, even if he said it, and even if he said it on the condition of the payment he sent, we don't believe it. He might have been confused. He was angry. He was not thinking straight. Nobody, nobody's Michael forgoes amputating the leg or arm. Oh, my lazy ass back. You tell me because nobody will do it. So nobody wants pain either. So how can we learn the other Michael outside? Nobody Michael the pain. And if he says it, you don't believe him. And yet the time of the Braisa, he can Hakani hit me, Patsani wound me. I'm an ass lifter. You don't have to pay me. They don't have to pay. I nobody really does it, so we shouldn't believe him. Ishtik Robert didn't have an answer. Oh, my Robert turned to, back to him and he said to him, Shabasi, tell me, have you heard anything about this? Yes, I heard. You know the reason is? Because when you amputate a person's leg or arm or blind them, it's not just them, them, them that are being hurt. The entire family now has sort of a stigma attached to it. And this person has no right to cast a, a stigma on the rest of his family. So he can't be Michael, even if he is. That's the reason why. So he can't. When it comes to your body, he can't be Michael. When it comes to ripping my clothes, no big deal. He can't. It more we learned. In fact, there are three opinions. The reason you can't be Michael because you're, it's affecting others that you have no right to accept Michila on behalf of others. Okay. And then, Rava said, but we don't believe you. The reason why he can't be Michael, we don't believe you. So both of them say when it comes to financial, you know, clothing and all that you could, but not when it comes to himself. Rav said, we don't believe you, even if you say it. Abyechina says a whole different story. He says, if I clearly say to you, I am Michael, it's a valid Michila. <clears throat> Definitely a valid Michila. When Dabtsadi Gimlam and Aleph were about five lines above the wide lines, we're trying to understand why if you said to somebody, hit me. Um, and, and you know, amputate my leg, amputate my arm, even if I say you'll, you'll be mindful, you don't have to pay. It doesn't matter, you have to pay. And why by clothing, it does matter. Uh, by clothing, my my exemption is, 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 is valid. And we explain three reasons. Reason number one is because when it comes to body harm, amputating, you're affecting the whole family. What right do you have to be Michael on their behalf? The other one is we don't believe you. Nobody wants to lose their leg or arms. So we don't believe you. But the third opinion is Abiyechel. says as follows. Definitely, if I am Michael you outright, it helps. This, I have every right to Michael you for my clothing and for my amputating my leg. You know what I mean? Even though you might be doing an Avera, but you don't have to pay me because I can be Michael. I cannot be Michael you in Avera. You know, I'll be Michael somebody, but I'm Michael you on the money. But you know what Amish is talking about? Amish is talking about a case a little bit different. Reuben says to Shimon, amputate my leg. Not that, and then, not that Reuben then says Shimon, but you don't have to pay me. Shimon then returns to Reuben and says, he retorts. He says, tell me, Reuben, well, I, 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 I'm in, I, you want me to do, do amputate like fine. Am I going to be potter from paying you the five things? And he says to him, yes. And the question is, how do we interpret that yes? No, initially when Reuben said amputate my leg, he didn't offer to say, you don't have to pay me anything. But the other person asked, and he said, yes. How do we understand the yes? So the, so the way Rashi will learn the Gemara is, the question is, the, 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 the difference will be that he, was the yes said sort of in a question mark, or was it said as a statement? If the guy said, <clears throat> if Shiva said, "Will I be potted if I knock out your, if I amputate your arm?" and he says, and he said yes, as if to say, "What are you talking? About? Of course not." 
So if the yes is said with that tone of a question, then it's basically saying no. So sometimes yes is no, even though today we have all these ads, that says no is no, but the Gemara says sometimes yes is no, sometimes no is yes. So Rabbi Yechel says yes, sometimes yes is no, but yes, no is yes. Depends how you sing it. Traces doesn't like that so much, and he says, not a question of how you sing it. When a person, if we know that a person generally doesn't want an amputate the leg, even if he says yes in a flat tone, not in a question mark, he's being sarcastic. And because no people don't want it, unless he clearly says yes, you will be Potter. But if he doesn't, he just says yes, then we read it as this is sarcasm, being caustic, and therefore you are not Potter. And the same thing is in the case of no, as I said to Bryson. Hekani hit me, Patsani wumi, Amanas lifter. Ramalahain said, yes. Um, the, no, I said, hit me. The other guy says, I'll be potter. And I said, yes. This yes can be interpreted as, no, you won't be potter. Either because, like Rashi says, he said, like in the question mark, yes. Or like Tracer's because we don't believe, most people don't want it. So he says, yes, he was being sarcastic when he said, yes. And um, in the case of Kras Ksusi, ripped my clothes. And the other guy says back to him, I'm a nice lifter while I'll be potter. And he says, love, no. According to Rashi, love, no, question, which means yes. And according to Tracy's, love, no, because most people, if I initiated and I told you, rip my clothes, and obviously you don't have to pay. Why would I, what was the point of that? Had a love, shook hand, and no means yes. In fact, you know, we have one word in the Gemara, which we will, the word ain. Ain sometimes means no, and sometimes means yes. It's actually one of the difficult Gemara, when you want to, when you're starting to learn Gemara on your own, it's confusing. When is ain yes? When is ain no? So we usually pronounce uh, in is yes and ain is no. But if I remember one of the first tradition, I can't remember what it says, we pronounce it, the word is one word, you can't have the same word meaning two opposite things with no vowels. How in the world are you supposed to figure it out? So he said, it's one word. It's only, it's a, when, sometimes it's a question mark, sometimes it's a statement. Let's say the word is really in yes. If it's a statement, it's yes. If it's a question mark, in yes, of course not, it's no. Same idea. Okay, then the Mishnah concludes. If I tell you, break my barrel, rip my clothes, you are um, you are chayiv. Unless I say the words al menas on the condition. So we ask a question from a bride, where there it seems you don't have to say on the condition. What's the story there? He says as follows. He says, um, but I mean, we ask, leash if I say, if a person gives another person a donkey or a cow or a uh, any behavior to watch for him, and then uh, I say to watch it. I want you to watch it, but don't lose it. And Lishma to watch it, you're going to tear it. Lishma to watch it and distribute. I want you to watch it and not distribute it to the poor. So it sounds like me, but if I didn't say that, that means you could, if I say you can rip it, I said you, you can distribute it to the poor. In all of these cases, you don't have to pay, even though I did not add the clause almanas. We want to know why our mission you have to say almanas. Why isn't it sufficient to say rip my clothes? Why do I have to say almanas? If I tell you to distribute to the poor people, the reason why you are potter is <clears throat> because the moment I gave it to you, I'm no longer the owner of the money, belongs now to the poor people. And therefore, but if you're negligent, who is going to claim it from you? Because every poor person that comes to you, you can say, I'll give it to the next poor person. Why not give it to you? There's no particular claimant. <clears throat> So says the it's not a question. Why does um, the Mishnah insist that you have to add almanaz 
our mission is talking about that it's already in the hand of the shamer, it's already in his hand, so he's a shamer, and then he goes and rips it, he won't be potter unless I add the clause almanas. However, over here it's talking about it didn't come yet to your hand, and I may I tell you, rip my clothes. But you know, before he came to your hand, before I because I told you rip my clothes, so therefore I don't have to say almanas, you're potter. I'm the rabbi Lishma does the other master. What are you talking about? The pasik, kiyitin yi, sound like I gave it to you already. And then I tell you, rip my clothes until the bride says, you don't have to pay because I told you to rip it. I don't have to add the clause, almanas. Elamar Abbas is Abba. Hava Hod does the other. Both of them already, it's in the shaymer's hands. How did it, what did you tell the shaymer before he took it? How did the other, the other, if you told him first to be a shaymer and he took it, and then now after he's a shaymer already, and it's in his possession. You tell him, rip it, rip my clothes, rip the part, whatever it is. The guy is still liable unless I clearly say, Almanas lifter. How does lift it? But if I told the Chatzil when I gave it to him, rip it, then of course the guy is popular. I want to give him to Docker. There was a wallet of Docker, a purse of Docker, the Oshila Pumpatissa that came to Pumpatissa, Afkader, Rabyesev, Rabyesev, who was the guy of Tzedakah we had before, gave it over to this person to distribute to the to the poor. Gabriahu Gabra, possible, he was negligent. And also Ganav Ganvu, and then Ganav came. Now, because he's negligent, even though it's a Shemachinim, he's not responsible because he was negligent. Ganav stole it, and Chayvur Abyeisav Yisim made him pay. I'm going to buy you, buy you a tanya lishmar v'lechani. Once you told the stream of the poor people, there's nobody to claim it. So who's claiming over here from this guy? If it's stolen by Ganav, who? Which poor person has the right to say to him, "Give me my tzedakah"? Maybe I'll give it to other poor people. Amalei said to him, "Pumpadis is different. Aniye the pumpadis make it kaiyitzluhu. The people of pumpadis they works very differently. They they work out an allotment an entitlement to every single poor person. They're entitled. You dollar, you two dollars, three dollars. So therefore, as as if it's already distributed to them, so each one of them has the right to say, give me my two dollars, my three dollars out of that pile of that pool of money, because it's already been ascertained how much each one should receive, <clears throat> and therefore they're entitled to collect." That completes Perikah and from now to the end of the Masechta, it's uh, all about Shinui, Koine, and, and Gizel, and all that. Because remember, we learned in the Samar above, Rabba came along and said that Shinui, that Shinui is Koine, that means if you steal an item, and it's no, it underwent a change, it's no longer the same item you took, it's Koine, and it brings a Pasig, brings a Brice, it brings a Pasig, the Pasig is, the Heishiv is a Gzela Asher Gozal. You should return the Gzela that you stole only if it's in the same condition that you stole it, not if it changed at all in, in any format. And then we also, we in, in the mission we learn right now, we have a mission that says clearly, if you made a changes, you put it, you pay according to the, you don't give back the original item, you pay only the price what it was worth when you took it. And okay. <clears throat> and only thing that the rabbi said back then was he's not sure if it's Matur or if it's Midrabon. And then we had Rabbi Yesu who says, Okay, so that, um, okay, so anyway, continue. Yeah, so that's the discussion. So we had about Shini, and there's an argument in the Shayin, the Raisa about and all that. We also, within Shini itself, we have two kinds of Shini. We have a reversible Shini and an irreversible Shini. A reversible Shini is called Shini HaChaisa Libriyase, and that's what's Kaina. And we say we practice Kaina Mahatayra, the Heishiv is like Zela, Ashagazal. And then you have a reversible Shini, and that we're going to find is a Machlek is whether a reversible Shini works. So says the Mishnah. So to give him a base. I got you like if somebody steals wood, but awesome Kaylee, we turned it into utensils. That's a shinny. 
Semer wool. But also Megadim. You make clothing out of it. So in these two cases, you don't dig back the original item because it's no longer the victims. You have to pay whatever the value was at the time when you stole it. That's case number one. Case number two. You stole a pregnant cow. The yolder, but it gave birth in possession of the ganav. Rachel to Una, a sheep that was full of wool, and the Gizaza, and you shore the wool. So now you made a shinui. Case number two. So Mishalem, you pay, you, you pay, you don't bring it back, you pay the value. But what value? The made para, the value of a cow. Sounds like a cow the day before it gives birth. The main Rachel or the sheep the day before you're about to share the wool. That's case number two. Now here we have a big machlekes rishayi, the rush to Balamur. On one hand, Rashi, and the the the, 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 the On the other hand, the Rabban Tosis, and that is as follows. Um, what do you pay? Rashi clearly says in the third line in the case number two, the cow itself, you return back to the owner. The cow hasn't gone to change. The cow was a pregnant, you know, was a pregnant cow. The cow didn't change, but what happened was the calf is no longer inside the mother's womb, it's, it's outside the womb. So the cow goes back to the original ganif, to, to the nignif, to the victim, because it hasn't changed. What changed was the cow was pregnant and now it's no longer pregnant. So you have to pay now um, what the, the value of the cow was. In other words, for example, a cow on its own is $100. A pregnant cow is $150. A, and, and, the, and the calf, once it's born, is worth $75. So therefore, the cow itself you give back, and you have to pay the extra $50 because it was a pregnant cow when you stole it and you're giving back an original cow. So what change was the calf inside, but not the original cow? Other than the rush, however, disagrees. He said that, Raja said that, and that's Raja's right here. The extra uh, you pay for the for the excess of the value of the cow. The rush says, no, you keep the cow as well. The cow also went through a change. It was a pregnant cow and now it's no longer pregnant. So because the cow itself went through a change, you keep the cow and you just reimburse the person the full hundred fifty dollars. The question, the Rosh asked a question: Why isn't this considered a shinui hachoyza libriyase, which is a very weak shinui? It shouldn't be a proper shinui. An animal gets pregnant again and again and again, or a sheep it continues to grow more here, more wool. So it's a shinui. It's a weak shinui. Maybe, and according to those holders, that's not kind. It shouldn't be kind at all. So he answers: This is not called a shinui hachoyza libriyase. You know why? Because Shinochayvasa means that you, you change it, but you then you modify whatever, you, you can revert it back to its original state. It's exactly the same item you took. Here, the cow becomes pregnant. It's a new calf. It's not the same calf that was there at the time when you stole it. That calf is gone. That calf now is independent. The, the hair that you cut off is gone. It's new wool that grew. That's not a Shinochayvasa. That Shinochayvasa never comes back. Another big argument is you look clear, carefully the wording in the mission. It says what, for example, you stole a pregnant cow that was two months pregnant. The gestation period of a cow, let's say, is nine months. So you stole a cow that was two months pregnant, and then the, the animal, you know, what do you call, gave birth while it was in your possession. So the mission seems to be saying you don't value the cow as a two-month pregnant cow. You value the cow as a nine-month pregnant cow. It says as right before I met us, lately, the night before, which is a lot more money. And some Rishayim actually passed in that way. You have to pay according to you assess the value right before gave birth. Because at that moment, that was a shinning. That's when it became the Ganas. 
you pay that value. Just like the case we had, Rabba, you stole a barrel of wine worth a dollar, and then when you increase the value to four, you broke it. You pay the price of four dollars because that's when you became a ganas. Other Rishonim say no. You pay the price as you stole it, a two-month pregnant animal. So what's going on? What's the argument? The argument is how do we understand the idea of shini? There's two ways of understanding it. One understanding it is in order to become a ganas, you have to make certain forms of acquisition. In fact, you have to make kinyanim identical to what you would use if you wanted to buy it. Meshicha, hagbar, dragging it, picking it up, all that kind of stuff. In order for you to become a proper ganif, and that you're liable if anything happens. Otherwise, we said, if I steal something, I move something in your house, I'm an intruder, I move it from one room to another, and then suddenly it breaks. Not because of me, it just broke. Stop working. I don't have to pay because I never became a ganif. But if I lifted it, and then it broke on its own. Not because of me, I have to pay because I'm responsible. So, the, so there's two ways of understanding it. One understanding is the moment you stole the item, you made Kenyonim, it really should be the Ganesh. You know why it's not the Ganesh? There's sort of a buffer here, which is the Pasuk says, you need the Heishiv as a There's a mitzvah on the Ganesh incumbent upon the Ganesh to return the original item. And that prevents the Kenyon of the Ganesh to make it totally his. Makes it partially his that he's responsible, but not totally his. So... If you learn that way, then when it's no longer the same item that you stole, the kinyanim you made back then on this animal made is yours. So when did it become the ganifs retrospectively from the time he took it? Because that was when he made the kinyanim. There was a side issue holding it back. But the moment that side issue removed it retrospectively, it becomes the ganif. So therefore he pays as if it was a two-month pregnant animal. The other school of thought says, no, those kinyanim do not work for the ganif at all. They don't work for the Ganif at all. So when does it become the Ganif? Only the moment when he made the Shinri. That was when he was nine months. That was when there was nine months present. He paid the price of nine months. And the basis for this argument is, how do we understand Kinyonim generally? Who is the main, I guess, player whenever you make a Kinyon? There's a seller and a buyer. Is the, is the Kinyon mainly primarily focused on the seller? That the seller has to give up, forego his ownership, and then the buyer easily takes it in? Or no, the main purpose of a Kenyan is for the buyer to bring it into his possession. The, the, as long as the vendor is, is willing and he says, look, I'm, I, I don't want it anymore, then the buyer is basically doing the entire Kenyan. Or is it actually the main part of the Kenyan is to take it out of the domain of the vendor? And that's a much like you see. Because here you have a buyer who wants it, the Ghanif, but the vendor is not a willing seller. In fact, he doesn't even know about it. So he's not seller. If the main purpose, the main person who does the, the, the main purpose of the Kenyan is to, to bring it into the shoes of the of the Ganif, of the person who makes the Kenyan, and the vendor just has to sort of agree. So the Ganif, when he made the Kenyan, he did 90% of the Kenyan. The only thing is the vendor didn't do his part. So therefore, as soon as we remove that buffer of a Haitian like Zayla, it was always the Ganifs. That's why we, that's why we go back to the time he stole it. But if you learn that the main purpose of a Kenyan is to take it out of the shus of the of the owner. And the owner was not, was not aware of it, was not a willing participant. So the Ghana did nothing. As far as ownership is concerned, the Ghana did practically nothing. What the Kenyanimi did was only for liability. So therefore, when does it become the Ghanas? Only the moment of the Shinri. So he pays the price of then. Okay, case number three. And uh, Case number three is Gozal Potter. You stole a cow. Then his Abra fell pregnant in the possession of the Ghanas. Etzlai by the Ganif, the Yolda gave birth to the Ganif. Uh, again, there was a Shinri here, Rachel Venitan Etzlai, a sheep that you know didn't have any wool and it grew wool by the, by the Ganif. I'm sure Mishalim Kishas, that all the cases you pay not, you know, the wool with the wool off, you pay the, the price. Well, it was where you took it, which was without minus the wool, wasn't pregnant. So that cloud is the rule. 
You pay the price of one and one you stole it. According to those who say, which I told you, they say that you pay the price of the day before it gave birth. They learned that this last clause in the mission is only referring to case number three, not to case number two. Okay, says the Gemara now. Amri, the mission says, you stole, let's say, logs and you made it, you stole wood and you turned it into a vessel in. That's that's treated as a shinri and therefore the ganav keeps it. What about shifun? You took a log and you smoothed out, you know, a piece of wood, you're smoothing it out. It seems from our Mishnah that smoothing out itself is not a process called shinri. Salmon will say wool. But also, God, I mentioned they took wool. You made it into clothing. You made a sweater out of it or something. In leave none. What about if you just washed it properly? Life, not because it change. That's what it seems from our Mishnah. I have a problem. Why have a problem? But I mean, look, but I say, God's a late seam. You stole, let's say, a log of a shift. All you did was smooth it out. I've gone in stone with this, and you made it smooth as well. Salmon will leave none of wool, and you clean it. You cleansed it. You washed it out. Pished and flax, and you cleaned it. Mishalim, because I said, all considered Shinoim. Now, our mission can't agree with the Bryce. Why not? Because taking wood and turning it into a vessel is stage two. Stage one is you took the log and turned it into wood. So, why does the mission count that as a shinny? Seems like you did stage one, but we don't recognize that as a shinny. It's only when you did stage two. What's going on here? Our Abai says, I'll tell you very simply. Our Mishnah is talking, Rabbi is of the opinion that there's two kinds of shinny. A shinny that's irreversible, that is a valid shinny, mehatari. A shinui reversible is only, is still Kenyan, but Mitter Rabban. Our Mishnah wants to say a bigger Kiddush that even a reversible shinui, taking wood that's already been smooth, we take a piece of wood, a log, and you smooth it out, that's an irreversible shinui. Our Mishnah goes a step further. You took wood, you made a vessel out of it. You could always, dism always dismantle it. You take a thread and you make a sweater out of it. You could always just, you know, untangle it or you know, <clears throat> unravel it. So our mission is talking about a reversible shinui, and the mission is saying it's still a valid shinui. Bigger chiddush. Amar Bai. Tanur. Our mission is talking about tani shinui rabbana. The hardest reversal. The choshkin shinui rises. Surely a shinui of the term. Eitzim wood, but asan kelim wood. You make kelim is be eitzim shufin. I'm talking about the wood that has been smoothed out. My ninu. What are we talking about? The term planks, boards. The shinui the hardest reversal. The chiddush in our mission is these are reversible shinui, and yet. It's a shinny, at least with the rabbon. The boy mashaluhu, you want you can just remove that. Semer but also begotten. You took wool, you make clothing out of it. But semer top, we're talking about wool that's already spun. The shinny, the hadlabrios, you can always unravel it. So the chidish na mission is that even though it's a reversible shinny, it's valid. The boy sasali, once you can break it. The chosh gain surely a shinny the raisa. Of course, if it's an irreversible shinny, of course it's effective. The ton of bra and the ton of the braisa. The ton of rice is The ton of the rice is talking about shinuyim that are recognized from the Torah. You're taking a log, you turn it into a piece of wood. And the shin like Tani, he's not talking about shin Rabban. Rabashi comes along and he says, Tana nami shin No, we're only talking about shinuyim the rice. So therefore, many Rashaim understood Rabashi holds that a reversible shinuyim is not recognized, not from the Torah, not from the Rabban. This is only. Uh, uh, are irreversible shinui. So how come the Mishnah talks about you took already existing wood? So he said, on the other way around, taking a, a log and smoothing it out is actually a very weak shinui. Because you're not really doing much. It's the same piece of wood. You just made it smoother. That's not really a shinui. No when, so our Mishnah is talking about a proper shinui. You took wood and you made a keli out of it in an irreversible way. You can't, you can't go back. Okay. The, uh, the Bryce is talking about 
you took a, 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 a piece of a log, let's say, and you smoothed it out. And that really is not a shining, right? But you know when's a shining? If let's say you took a piece of log and you smoothed it out to the extent that it now has the state, let's say you made a pestle out of it. So it has a name change. It, or it's a cavy right now, it's a vessel. And because it's not just you smoothed it out, you smoothed it out and you created a new concept here, then it becomes a shimmy. That's what the price is talking about. Tana did not have the Tana, but Mishnah Mishnah the Rice is talking about. Eight in wood were awesome, Kaylee. You know what the price is talking about? Sorry, our Mishnah, that's price. When our Mishnah says you took wood, he made Kaylee, we're talking about Bukhani, made a pestle. The Hainu, what are we talking about here? The Hainu Shifa, the same thing, you smooth it out. Amish also about smoothing out. But we're talking about a particular case that when we're talking about eighteen, you took a log and you smoothed it out. But you know when it's considered shitty? If that smoothing out, the result of that process is that it became a pestle, it became a kaylee, has a new name, but it has it's a kaylee, it's a new status. But if you would just smooth out and become a, bo- a smooth board, that would not have been a shitty. The Hainu Shifan, Semel, Wool, um, but awesome, God, you make clothing. Not you're talking about, let's say, felt. Felt, all it is is press. You don't wash it or anything else. You just press the wool together. And that is why is it valid? Why did you press together? Because it has a new name now. It's called felt. It's irreversible. Now the one has a question. Okay, the Bryce has said one of the examples the Bryce gives of a shinri is you, you take the wool and you wash it out. Believe me, have a shinri, just washing it out is considered a shinri. But let me ask a question. It says, we, we learned already before, Reish is gaze if the first shorn wool, if you have five sheep, the first, or goat, the first shorn wool of the five, the aggregate, you have to give to a coin. If the weight is the equal to a mana and a, and a truss, mana and a half, you have to give it to a coin. When? When you have an aggregate of five. Let's say you have five sheep, but the first sheep, the wool, after you cut the wool off, you made a shinny in that wool. It's no longer the original wool. It no longer forms part of the of that uh, of that combination of five sheep. But what's considered a shinui? So it's as follows. Like he's big little, he didn't give it to the coin yet, until you dyed it, potted. Dying it is considered a shinui. So therefore, it's no longer around. And when you go to the next animal, we don't combine the shearings of the first animal with this. It's no longer around. Uh, let's say you washed it out and you didn't dye it, you're a chayv. So it says here clearly what washing out alone is not considered a shinui, and therefore if you show the wool of five different animals, they all combine. So we see that washing is not a shinui. Contradiction to the first Bryce, who would say that washing out the wool is considered a shinui. It's no longer the original wool. Amrabai, it's actually a machlaik is between Tanoim. No problem. The Tanya we learned. Zaza, you shore the wool, you go ahead and you spin it, you wove it, if it does not combine anymore because you made a, a proper shinny. What about, what happens, what happens, you, you washed it out. Rab Shimon says, started washing out is considered a shinny, it no longer combines. Um, and Chacham would say, no, that's not called a shinny, mitzdare, but it still combines. Rava says, I don't necessarily have to say to Machlekes, I can say it depends how you wash it. If you wash it by hand, that's not really a shini. That's when he says that it still combines, it's not a shini. Oh, when you will let the rice on top of the page, that is, it's a valid shini. The sarke, suruke, use a fine comb, so he pulled out all the, the alien substances there, the foreign substances, and now it's totally clean. You just wash it with water. That's not a proper shinui. Oh, the, um, 
You wash out with water, you clean the down But if you use kinds of um, soap and, and, and chemicals, that's considered a proper shinui. So there's no argument, there's different cases. Says the mother, I don't understand. Now, now that we can say before Rabshimon said that dying it um, is not considered Shimon. Where do we find Rav Shimon saying dying not a Shimon? If Rav Shimon says a dying, which is a bigger change? When you change the color, or you just wash it out. Surely changing the color. So now that we find elsewhere that Rav Shimon said, if you dye it, if you change the color, it's not considered Shinu. You're going to tell me that Liban Abishinu by washing out is a Shinu. It doesn't make sense. The time of the Bryson. You show the wool of one animal at a time, then you dye this trailer one animal at a time. You go ahead and you spun the spun one at a time. You Each animal then is separate from the next one, the disparate animal, because you made a shinui after each one. That's why if you dyed it, it's if you dyed it, it does combine because changing the color is not considered a shini. What's going on here? If changing the color of shini holds not a shini, how can he hold that washing it is a shini? So the Gemara, will say that two opinions what Rabshim and Chai held. The first Bryce is Rabban according to Rabshim who says that if you wash it out, it's considered a shini. And not only washing out is not a shini, even changing the color is not a shini. Robert says, no, it depends, dye in a way is not as effective as washing. What do you mean? The shiny tzema, dye is different. You can always remove the dye. You put some right chemicals, it removes the dye. It's reversible. That's why it's not a shiny. But once you wash it out, it's washed out. We learned elsewhere. What happened? You didn't have a chance. In the first price, it says, if you didn't have a chance, to uh, give the, the wool to the coin until you put, put a dye pottle. You just said that dye is not considered a change. Yet in the first bride, it's clear that dye is a change. Well, Kim the give you everyone agrees. So we answered the color oven delay of That's a certain kind of a color. It's indigo, which is actually the very same color as Khalis and them. And we call somebody who's a you know a Russia, somebody who uh, masquerades as if he's very frum. He walks around with his blue tits, but it's actually not chelus. It is kolilon. It's indigo, sap of a tree, certain trees. So then, that's the color. That that particular color is irreversible. The chemicals don't remove it. I want you to know that Abshimim ben Yehuda and Beis Shammai and Abelazim ben Yaakov and Abshimim ben Lozer and Abishmol, coolest middle. They are all of the opinion that shini make a change is still the item itself still belongs to the victim and shini does not make it yours. I'm sure you just said before the Abai understood that if you die you change the color. It's a proper shini. He doesn't learn that because you can remove the, the dye. He said it's a proper color and yet he says it's not a, we don't recognize it as a change. Why? Because the whole shini doesn't work. Beshamay Mai, what's Beshamay? The time we learned. Even though Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda only argues regarding dye, he agrees that if you spun the wool, you wove it, and all that, he agrees that's considered Shinui. So obviously he holds our levels of Shinui. Some Shinui are accepted, some are not. When Abaya says that these all hold the same, they're not exactly the same. You know, what's the point of having six different tonight saying the same thing? 
they're going down the same trajectory in different variations, but the general principle is the same. Certain shinuim don't work. Where's this Bishamah? We already had this Bishamah before. The Tanya, we actually learned that there's harlot, he gave her a gift. He gave her wheat. Now, you cannot bring this wheat to Mizbech. It's repugnant. It's repulsive. How can you? But she turned around and turned into flour, converted to flour. oil. Another great for us wine and converted to wine. Tony Chodem, one price we learned, Usher is forbidden. The Tanya Idol, another price is permitted. What's going on here? There was one price that said it's it's a Shinri, and therefore it's no longer the original item. The other one says, no, we don't recognize the Shinri. It came from the wheat, and therefore it's forbidden. What's going on here? My time at the Beishamah, why does Beishamah say that Shinri does not work? Because in this very passage, Omakra, it says a process, it's an abomination. Gam shneim, also both. We mean also, also what? Also comes to add something. So Beishamah says, Gam shneim, to include not only the original, but even if you change it, you alter it, it's still forbidden. Gam also included is what to make changes. And Beisil, Omakra, it says a process, Shneihem, we read it as if it's two words, Shneihem. Heim, only they are repugnant. Not if you make changes. So Shebezil holds Shini is Kreina, and Meshama holds Shini is not Kreina. Well, Meshama exceeds Heim, it says Heim. He used the Heim for something else. Heim, the life will the same. The offspring you can put on the Mizbech. And Beisil, Beisil, Tarti Shama. He learns two things. Heim, the life Shnei, if you alter it, it's no longer forbidden. And Heim, the life will the same. Only the original, not the offspring, it's no longer forbidden. No, Basil, Nami, Oxiba says Gam. It says Gam also wants to include what else is included in this prohibition? Gam, Le Basil, Kasha. Yeah, that is a problem. What Basil is going to do with the Gam, but doesn't it in any way deter Basil from learning that Shina itself is Kaina? Okay, we'll stop over here. We'll continue to.